0: Welcome to another in our series of Kehillat Israel podcasts. This is a recording of Rabbi Amy Bernstein's weekly Friday morning Torah study.
1: Reading on a triennial cycle leaves one with certain challenges, (laughs) like this morning's <laughs> triennial reading, trying to oh, uh, extract meaning and value from um, our time together, um, engaging with this text. Uh, so some days you all have me working harder for you than others. This was a hard work preparation uh, week. So uh, Bert, would you take us into the second triennial Hunk of <laughs> Matot, starting at numbers thirty-two-one. The Reubenites and the Gadites owned cattle in very great numbers.
2: Noting that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were a region suitable for cattle, the Gadites and the Reubenites came to Moses, Eleazar El- the priest, and the chieftains of the community and said, Ataroth, dibon Jazer Nimra Heshbon Elaleh. Nebo, and Bayon, the land that the Lord conquered for the community of Israel is cattle country, and your servants have cattle. It would be a favor to us, they continued, if this land were given to your servants as a holding, do not move us across the Jordan. Moses replied to the Gadites and the Reubenites, are your brothers to go to war while you stay here? Why will you turn the minds of the Israelites from crossing into the land that the Lord has given them? That is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to survey the land. After going up to the Wadi Eshkol and surveying the land, they turned the minds of the Israelites from, from invading the land that the Lord had given them. Thereupon the Lord was incensed, and he swore, None of the men from 20 years up who came out of Egypt shall see the land that I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they did not remain loyal to me, none except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, uh, the Kenizzite and Joshua son of Nun for they remained loyal to the Lord. The Lord was incensed at Israel and for 40 years he made them wander in the wilderness until the whole generation that had provoked the Lord's displeasure was gone and now you a breed of sinful men have replaced your fathers to add still further to the Lord's wrath against Israel if you turn away from him and he abandons them once more in the wilderness you will bring calamity upon all this people.
1: Well done. You
2: gave me the easy names.
1: Exciting, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. If I can do my job, right, it will be. Uh, all right. So, best part was this catalog. This is for you, maybe. All right. So, let's look at the let's look at the beginning here. Umiknev rav haya livne reuven. God. So, the literal translation here, umikne rav, and there was cattle aplenty to the children, the descendants of Reuven and the descendants of God. All right, so we have two tribes Reuven and God, yes? They seem to have a lot of cattle. So, the first question the rabbis ask is,
2: Where'd they get the cattle?
1: where the cattle? they get the cattle? And why Reuven and God? So part of the reason the rabbis start to ask these questions is because they have a problem. They have a question, and they need to fix the problem. Otherwise, it's like, OK, they have cattle, a lot of cattle, whatever, right? So what, what is the rabbi's problem here?
2: They were slaves coming out of Egypt. Where'd they get the cattle? In the middle of the so, keep them alive.
1: So, sometimes we, get, we see gifts, right? Sometimes we see plunder, right? But, but why are the rabbis worried about it here? Part of the reason that the rabbis are worried about it here is because of what happens next what, that we just read that you didn't even know was something. <laughs> but what we just read that was something is Moses gets super angry. Do you see how he, like, goes off and smacks them down? Why? So the rabbis have a problem, right? So the, Moshe is pretty angry, calling them wicked and sinful and blah. It's like, what, what? Like, they they have a lot of cattle. They're a cattle country. They're asking to settle in cattle country. Why does Moshe flip out? There's got to be a reason he thinks they got them illicit. So, Or... or or he doesn't like how they got them. Okay? So whenever we have the rabbis elaborating on a piece of text that feels like it's pretty straightforward, it means they've got a problem that they have to fix. So what their problem is, they have to justify Moshe. Right? They they have to explain why Moshe is so angry. That has to mean that Reuben and God did something wrong. What did they do wrong? They're asking for territory. Okay, here's where the rabbis begin. rav haia livne ruven god. So, you know, cattle, a lot there was to the descendants of Reuven and the descendants of God. And how did that happen? What we just, well, you can't know this, you couldn't have known this, but what just happened at the end of last parsha? at the end um, of... The the last uh, couple of chapters is that there was a war with the Midianites, and they plundered the Midianites. And the rabbis say Reuven and God took more than anybody else. They went in and they took a whole mess of cattle, right? And just like they were greedy, right? So the word for and the rabbi and the rabbis point to the use of the words that Torah chooses here so there's lots of ways to talk have we got a non-dry erase marker in the bunch here can we just add for people who don't have the text when you say God you mean G-A-D G-A-D
2: the tribe of God
1: G-A-D thank you um So the word that we have here, there's lots of ways to talk about cattle, but the word that the Torah uses here is mikne. (coughs) And that is from the shoresh, kana, which is what? What is kana? Leaknotes is to acquire.
0: Yeah.
1: So the rabbis say, the fact that Torah uses mikneh to represent cattle is already a commentary. Is <laughs> already, we shouldn't just read their cattle, it's already a commentary on they were so quick to connect, to grab, to take.
2: It also says... Um, your brothers go to war while you stay here in the
1: firehouse. All right. So we, now we're going to have a couple of issues. Now we're going to have a couple of issues come up. So, and that's one of them, right? All right. So, the Reubenites and the Godites owned cattle in very great number. That looks pretty straightforward, but now we know it's not. God forbid, right? Now we know it's much deeper than that. Reuven and God were all about grabbing cattle. Okay. Is there, is
0: there another word in the
1: yeah what, but yeah son bakar there's lots of you know there's lots of words you can use for large animals um, and and possibly this is the most appropriate word to use for what the text is intending right the kind of but the rabbis say it can't possibly be about the animals it's about Reuven and God <laughs> right <laughs> okay because they have a problem they need this to mean something else, because they have a problem. OK. Noting that the lands of Jazar and Gilead were a region suitable for cattle, the Gadites and the Reubenites came to Moses, Eliezer the priest, and the chieftains of the community, and said, blah, 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 blah. Right, these cities, the land that the Lord has conquered for the community of Israel is cattle country, and your servants have cattle. It would be a favor to us if this land were given to your servants as a holding. Do not move us across the Jordan. All right, so uh, map number five. Where's map number five? Um, so the the place that we're talking about is, in fact, a tested cattle country. It is, in fact, a place that is, uh, we have attested in Arabic um, that this was the place where you... Would come across from 100 years ago. They found um, somebody who was writing about uh, who had been traveling there, who was studying the region, saying, like, that is, you just cannot believe how many sheep and goats and whatever are grazing there. You can't go anywhere without hearing bells, you know, the bells around the cow's, you know, necks, um, and the uh, flute of the, you know, the pipe of the shepherds. You can't go anywhere in that region. What is that region? I'll show everybody. This um, This is the region we're talking about. So you see the Dead Sea? Here's where we are. So it's Transjordan. It's in what now is Jordan. It's across the Dead Sea. Right? Here's the Dead Sea. Here's the River Jordan. Right? We're used to everything ending over here. But this is Gilead and Mishor. Sometimes Gilead is seen to go as far as up here to this river. Um, In its largest sense, Gilead can go up to here, but Torah here is using it in its smallest sense. So this is Gilead. All right, so those of you who have been to Israel and have been to the Dead Sea and have been to Jordan, you can kind of picture, but there was pasture land there towards the edge of the wilderness, towards the edge of uh, the desert. So it appears, what does it appear to be right now. It appears that that the Reubenites that it, where, where are they right now? Just reading the text, where are they right now? They're in Gilead. I know I sound ridiculous, but I promise you <laughs> there's a reason. They're in Gilead and they go the Reubenites The Godites and the Reubenites, and by the way, for the rest of the text, it's Godites and Reubenites, not Reubenites and Godites, and it's seven times we see this. Godites and Reubenites. We're going to see seven times. Mm. Um, The Godites and the Reubenites come to Moses. Why is Eliezer the priest there? Because all of the land is going to be chosen. How do we decide the plots were going to be chosen? By 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 lot. Who runs the lottery? The priest. The priest. Eliezer, the high priest, Aaron has died. Eliezer, the high priest, runs the lottery. So the person officiating the lottery has to be one of the people who presumably agrees on behalf of right, right God's, right. you know, doling out the land. to have to agree to this uh, situation, whatever it is. Okay. Atarot dibon jazar nimra. What are these? Cheshbon, elela sevam. What are these? Cities. These are cities. These are cities. All right, so there are, we're in Gilead. They recognize it's great. There are cities there that they have conquered, right? And they want to stay. Like, this like, this is beautiful country for us. It would be a great thing. This would be a great thing. There are cities here. We're in Gilead. It's working out pretty well. Our wives and kids are happy. You know, they like the school. Right? There's lots of opportunities. <laughs> so they can ride their bikes outside in safety. And so we're going to stay here. We would like to stay here. So we're asking permission. There doesn't seem to be anything wrong with their request.
0: No. That wasn't the deal.
1: Ah, so that wasn't the deal. What was the deal? The
0: deal was they're going to Canaan.
3: They're not, they're the
0: not right. deal
1: was they have to go to Canaan. Okay. Now and
3: the answer Randy, you don't get to pick exactly where you want. No, to
1: be. You, you don't know. get to pick, but they're asking permission. Right. Right. So on the right. you, you don't get what you want if you don't ask for it. Right. So like, <laughs> okay. So. The only problem I have with they have to be in Canaan is that in the ancient world the boundaries and borders of things changed. Pre- why couldn't Gilead and Mishon now be part of Canaan? Like, what, right. What's the problem? There are no border guards. There's no border wall <laughs> yet, yes. right there. There's no right there. So, right, it's kind of like wow. This is it's pretty machmir. It's a pretty strict interpretation about like they have to be on the other side of the. Jordan, okay. Richard Rajay you are thinking like the rabbis. Why is Moshe so angry? They separated because they separated themselves from the Edah. Yeah. They separated themselves from the community. They separated themselves from the other tribes, from the whole of the people Israel. And this was, why did they do that? Take it one step further. Not only did they do that, why did they do it? <coughs> for what end, to what end? But they also didn't want to fight, it seems. But what, but what, what are they saying?
3: To, well, to basically to, to, to their to own benefit.
1: Correct. For material gain, for, themselves. for a focus on material wealth, They separate themselves from the community. Could there be anything worse? (laughs) Probably. Alright, so you see where the rabbis go. They have a problem. Well, now we've solved a little bit of it and that's where a lot of the midrashim go. That's where a lot of the midrash goes to what you said about the the borders. that They were told they're going to Israel and they balked. Right? We don't want to do... Again, we're not going to do what we're told. And Okay, and then the other one is that it was because of material comfort and wealth and having their cattle thrive that they want to separate themselves from the people Israel, God forbid. Okay, so there we go. We got some good reasons there. Um, So now Moshe doesn't even go there. Where does Moshe go? are your brothers to go to war while you stay here, right? So if you if you live here, then only ten tribes are gonna fight. Why should they risk their lives for you to have a lovely, you know, dude ranch here, you know? Right. So for you to do your thing, you know, Jr. over here. I was wondering what that music was from. You don't remember Dallas? That music is so stuck in my like. I got Bonanza. (laughs) (laughs) It's a generational thing. Right. (laughs) It's a generational thing. I don't even know the music to Bonanza. All right. Why will you turn? Now, Moshe's going further. That's it. That's right. Linda knows (laughs) it. Do you know it, Linda? a generational Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So this week's Parsha has theme music. Always a happy thing. Um, So Moshe's suggesting they're going to risk their lives and you're going to stay here. That's one level. What's the second level of what he says? Why will you turn the minds of the Israelites from crossing into the land that the Lord has given them? Mm -hmm. That is what your ancestors did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to survey the land. What is he referencing? The scouts, right? right? Right, He's referencing that the scouts came back with a report and the people freaked. They didn't listen to Kalev and Yoshua. They flipped out. And so, what is Moshe really saying no, is, is he's afraid of? Or what's he criticizing? It's hmm? a break the community. It's a What'd you say, Linda? It it be upon all the right. Because you know, what happened? What happened to the people who said, we're not going to go fight? God said, oh, yeah. your carcasses are oh, going right. to drop in the desert. Oh, yeah. So, Moshe is saying what y'all are about to do. Is bring disaster on the rest of the people because if the, if y'all don't fight and they chicken out now, they freak out, which they are want to do. Right. Then it's treasonous. Uh, then it's it's you're you're going to bring it's mutiny. you're going to bring on a situation that is going to result in the destruction right. of the people. Do you not understand the danger, right, of what you're? doing and creating here. And so he's talking, he's telling the story, right? They turned their minds, the scouts did, you know, from the Israelites going to fight. Thereupon, God was angry. We know everything, like, that they weren't loyal, and God was incensed for 40 years. He made them wander. And now you, a breed of sinful men, have replaced your fathers, add still further to God's wrath against Israel. If you turn away from God and God abandons them once more in the wilderness, you will bring calamity among all the people. This is Moses' concern. Okay. Now, what happens next, Bert? Then they stepped up
2: to him and said, we will build here sheepfolds for our flocks and towns for our children, and we will hasten the shock troops in the van of the Israelites until we have established them in their home. While our children stay in the fortified towns because of the inhabitants of the land, we will not return to our homes until every one of the Israelites is in possession of his portion. But we will not have a share with them in the territory beyond the Jordan, for we have received our share on the east side of the Jordan.
1: Okay. So. Hang on. They're trying to make a deal. They're making a deal. Okay. They're to making a deal, yeah? They're yeah. trying to make a deal. All right. But we have a problem. We have a problem. They stepped up to him and said, what? We will build here sheepfolds for our flocks and towns for our children. What's the problem here? There are already cities there. We just had them listed. Right, uh, right. This is not uninhabited cattle country where they have to start building fences and ranches. Right, There's already cities there. Are these settlements? <laughs> They're <laughs> cities. Right? Sounds familiar. So, uh-oh, we we have a problem. Yeah, right. Th- they, this can't be what... That is not the situation we just saw. And we're just... Two verses, you know, We have Moshe's speech in the middle. And then we get a whole other reality. There's no cities there. OK. So that's, we got a couple of issues arising. OK. But we're going to skip over it just for now. We're coming back to it. But what do they say? So we're going to hasten as shock troops in the van of the Israelites until we have established them in their home while our children stay in the fortified towns because of the inhabitants of the land meaning they'll be in danger. right? So they need to stay in fortified cities. But if it's been conquered, if God gave these over into their hands, what, who's, who are they threatened by? Right. right so it's, it's getting a little crazy. Yeah. Um, we will not return to our homes until everyone of the Israelites is in possession of their portion, but we will not have a share with them in the territory beyond the Jordan, for we have received our share on the east of the Jordan. So if they don't have women and children and cattle with them, they can fight differently. They can be, you know, the, the kind of go in first. You know what I mean? They, um, so that women and children aren't risked the same way. So that's what they're saying by being shock troops. They won't be burdened by any of the U-Haul you know, stuff that's coming with everybody else. All right. Moses said to them, if you do this, if you go to battle as shock troops at the inc- and here it's lifnei adonai, right? Here I want to use the Hebrew and not whatever this weird translation is. Mine is at the instance of the Lord. Okay. If you do this, if you go to battle as shock troops, lifnei adonai. What does lifnei adonai usually mean? God. What does that mean? Before
2: God.
1: What does that mean? But what does that usually mean? It means in before the ark. Mm. They would be marching. They would be going out ahead of the ark. Okay, and every shock fighter among you crosses the Jordan, lifnei Adonai, and has dispossessed God's enemies, and the land has been subdued at the instant. Is this also lifnei Adonai? May Adonai, you shall be clear before God and before Israel, and this land shall be your holding. Right. And it's sanctioned by God. This will be your allotted portion. Just as if God had done it by the lottery. Because the lot What's the mechanism by which they're going to do lots? It's the Urim and Tumim that the high priest wears. The Urim and Tumim is directly connected to God. The answer the priest gets from the Urim and Tumim is not random. It's going to God as an oracle. So... Chosen by lots is not actually so accurate. It's chosen by God. It's not random, right? it's not random for God. It's random for the people who receive it because you're not going to get an answer as to why you got that particular piece of property. But it's not random. It's God allotting it. So that's why it has to be said here clearly that it's, right? It, God is going to sanction it because God has to sanction. All of the apportionments of the lamb. But if you do not do so, you will have sinned against Yudhe and know that your sin will overtake you. Build towns for your children and sheepfolds for your flocks, but do what you have promised. Alright, again, build cities. There are no cities. And um, and make sure that you do right all that you've promised. Okay? <clears throat> Um, Bert, you want to go
2: on? Oh. Uh, the Gadites and the Reubenites answered Moses, Your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our children, our wives, our flocks, and all our other livestock will stay behind in the towns of Gilead, while your servants, all those recruited for war, cross over at the instance of the Lord, which I, I assume I don't mind, to engage in battle as my Lord orders. Then Moses gave instructions concerning them to Ele- Eleazar the priest. Joshua, son of Nun, and the family heads of the Israelite tribes. Moses said to them, if every shock fighter among the Gadites and the Reubenites crosses the Jordan with you to do battle, and the land is subdued before before you, you shall give them the land of Gilead as a holding. But if they do not cross over with you as shock troops, they shall receive holdings among you in the land of Canaan.
1: Alright, so this seems kind of a little bit repetitive. right? Yeah. Seems a little department of redundancy department. We just got we just got that Moshe said here's the conditions and then gives them instructions right? I mean Moshe gave instructions concerning them to Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun and the family heads of the Israelite tribe. So Moshe tells what's their chops? Um, Moshe tells Reuben and God here's here's what I'm willing to do. Now Moshe goes to the Leaders and says, here's the compromise. All right.
3: But it, but it's not really being redundant because uh, they're they're not they're not aware of the deal.
1: So that's what we Moses is informing them. That's what we have to
3: assume because otherwise they would they would freak out. What
1: are these guys doing in front of the
3: ark? I mean, they're not supposed to be up there. That
1: that is what we must assume is that they don't know the deal, Right. right? And so Moshe tells them, you could ask. Why did the author choose to have another scene where Moshe has to go tell the leadership? Why didn't why weren't the leaders there? They went to Moshe, Eliezer. they you know, they went to the leaders. How it could have been you, you just set the scene that okay, so the answer comes in front of all them as well. It feels a little forced. Well, it turns out it is forced. Because this is a classic, this chapter is a classic example of what in literature, at least biblical literature, I don't know, past there, uh, is called the chiastic structure. The chiastic structure is the Greek letter chi, so it's an X. The structure of the chapter is an X. And at the hinge point, at that center point of the X, you need a coupling because you're gonna have A, B, right? And then this X, and then BX. Then you're gonna switch. It's a mirrored, it's a mirrored structure. It's gonna switch, exactly, it's gonna switch. All right, so sometimes when we see these forced, first of all, when we see discrepancies like this, what do we know right away? If they're big sources, discrepancies, we know it is different sources there are different variant traditions or agendas and, but both have to be there, right? For the final editor, there's some reason the final editor needs both of them there, has to keep both (laughs) traditions on the page. That's the compromise. Um, And then sometimes there's a need to even, if you want a chiastic structure, you're going to have to push some things past where it feels comfortable. So when you see Two paragraphs like this that you go, Really? Did they really need to have it? He goes, You can bet there's a reason, and it's generally structure. A literary device, a literary structure that we don't see. That the crafter of the story sees, because that crafter is taking different sources and chooses what to put where. Right? Wait just a minute, Carol Kleinman, because you'll start looking at it and you'll stop listening to what I'm saying. So, so love that answer. So the neo the neo documentary hypothesis. We've talked about the documentary documentary hypothesis, pulling all of these sources um, together, um, and then someone edits that source, right? You know, and then there's a final redactor. We have the final edition. Neo. Um, neo-documentary hypothesis accepts the text as a whole and says, yes we know it's put together from many parts but it was purposefully put together this way. So quit tearing it apart all the time looking for and looking at which is P, which is E, what's J, what's D? Like, quit doing that all the time. You lose the point of the final redaction, which is to give you the text as it is, and that's the text we've been dealing with for a very long time. Don't start pulling everything apart until you get to a situation like this. So,
0: do understand correctly to <laughs> <you have> a <laughs> out, two tribes we all the cattle? Managed to negotiate a way to opt out of water. Yes. God can't have been happy with, <laughs> um, um, you know, basically <clears throat> negotiating your way out of water.
1: So Moshe, though, seems to make a compromise that leaves everybody yeah. happy.
3: Well, what's up, what's up? it isn't that bad a compromise I would not have thought because. Shock truce it means you take the highest casualties.
1: Well, so that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, the go that's the trade-off that, that for getting would, to opt out of the lotteries. They'll they'll be taking the risk. It's not,
3: like, it's not like they were really getting something for nothing. They were saying we're gonna go out in front, and, and we all know the end result of that is the highest casualties. And we're yeah. willing to do that.
1: Yes. In to order,
3: in order to yes. So
1: that's that's what I meant by compromise. It seems like they're they're getting this huge benefit of getting to pick their lots at a very very serious price. Moshe wants to make sure God gets a good deal, right? That yeah. that there's
3: apparently because it's a quick agreement that that's not a bad deal if you really do it. If you're really going to do this, if not, big trouble. But if you're going to do this, okay.
1: Right, all right. Um, All right, so look at verse 33. They agree. They agree to do this. Moses assigned to them, to the Gadites, the Reubenites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, son of Yosef, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of King Og of Bashan, the land with its various cities and territories of their surrounding towns. We are back to...
2: There, are cities, there are
1: cities and towns, right? The Gadites rebuilt, so they're there, and they, so they're just kind of fixing up and repairing and gentrifying all of these cities, right? The fortified towns as enclosures for far. Okay, so we are back to there are already cities and towns. This is a red flag that we are dealing with different sources, but it's even more different than you would imagine. Now, Carol. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Building settlements
1: on the That's a whole another loaded can of worms. Um, is this the first time we've seen this structure? No, but and so while you're while you're getting your handouts, I will show you what that structure is. Do you see this line, this diagonal line? That's one line of the X. See how this line comes in? Yeah. That's one line of the X, OK? A request is made by Reuben and God. They want nine towns, and they name them. Moshe rejects the suggestion. That, so there's the request, and then within the request, right? what's happening? Then the next big idea is the proposal is revised by Moses. Then within that big idea, they they compromise, and Moses accepts their compromise. Okay, so that, that's the, that's one arm of the X. The other, then here's the big the big X, the hinge point in the middle. God and Reuben accept Moses's revisions. All right. Now, we're going to Now we have to come out the other way for the other arm, right? Yes. But I wrote too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't help for me to do it on the other side. All right. So, it's going to be exactly parallel in ideas, but it's going to start with B. Okay. okay. So right? Gonna, C- right, cuz it's going to be a mirror. So, it has to go B and they they write it like this. Um, B with a chip-chick. chip-chick. Chip-chick? B with a chip-chick above it, right? Chip-chick. So now it's got to go B chip-chick 1 and 2, and they have to match these. Okay. Does that make sense?
3: Yes.
1: And then we have to go A chip-chick, and 1 and 2 have to match here. Does that make sense? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it doesn't make sense, question. I guess, until I do it. I know
3: don't, I don't, in, in, in B where it says proposal revised by Moshe. What did he, he didn't revise, what proposed, he didn't revise, it sounds like it, he, he, just, revisit, he just rejected revise, They just
1: said they just want to hang out and No,
3: no, no, there. I understand, but the request is made, they mention the towns, Moshe rejects. He doesn't, he doesn't revise the proposal, he, he rejects, then they come back. They, they, I thought they came back and said, oh, but we're going to do this. Then they stepped up to him. In verse 16, it says, then they stepped up to him. All right, so
1: him. I have B1. The two tribes compromise. B2. Moses accepts it, requiring a double condition.
3: Right. Okay, so so there's, so so there's so verse 16.
1: And, and it's referencing verse 16 is B1. Would you, would, 16 through 19 is B1. Right.
3: Right, so...
1: 20 through 24 is B2. Okay.
3: Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: 25 to 27 is X. Mm-hmm. chick one which I haven't written yet. b chip chick one is... Okay. The consequence changes if the double condition is rejected. So this is the oath. Right? And the condition. So now we're going to mirror that. Right? The consequences of not keeping the oath are described. Right. Make sense? Number two, and so that's verses 28 to 30. God and Reuben repeat their their acceptance. That is verses 31 through 32. Okay? So now we have to come out. So we've gotten this arc. Now we need this one. So over here is going to be A chip chick, right? So here's one, here's two, here's the hinge point. What's A? Now we need number one under A is what? The grant includes half of Manasseh. So they're, they're granted the land. That should parallel A1. They request cities, they are given land, land right? The territories. And two should parallel this, right? But it, I don't know why it doesn't. Oh, yes, it does. God and Rube. I'm very confused. God and Reuben rebuild 14 towns. Ah, so Moshe rejects, and right, what's the opposite of that? What's the mirror of Moshe rejecting the deal? They build the towns. So, it's not that they are exactly the same thing, but it's it's a building of structure that has the whole chapter be this X of 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 a reflection. So, if if Moshe rejects in A two, then in a Chipchick two, it's the op, It's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. Does that make sense? It's not really an X. It's like a mirror or something. Well, the the shape. The reason they call it chiastic is because the the shape is this, but it's right, it, but, it's, but it's a reflection, yeah. you know, and right, and so it goes like this. Because if the board were bigger, I could have done it more clearly, right? That it, it has that structure, okay? When that happens, there's, there's sometimes redundancies because you need the chiastic structure to work, and so you have to put something, the redactor has to put something in that isn't necessarily the best thing for flow but works if you need a chiastic literary structure. Does that make sense? If you're working with this device. You need the symmetry. Thank you, Mr. Mathematician. Yes, thank you. Always finding the right technical term. You need the symmetry. Yes. If you're imposing right the structure, you need the symmetry. And so sometimes you get this kind of doubling that doesn't otherwise make much sense. All right. Is that and chip
3: Is that just prime. It's usually called prime. Oh, okay. Prime, okay,
1: okay. Prime. okay. There you. Chip chicks. Just that little. Yeah. That never little. Heard that before. That term. Yeah. It's uh, a. <laughs> is that Hebrew? <laughs> Probably. It's a. Probably. It's a- no, it's, 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 uh, it's. It's what you call it in Hebrew. Oh. Okay. There there, there's no j sound in Hebrew. There's no j. There's gh. There's no, no j. So if you want to write j in Hebrew to tell people to say j, not g, you write gimel with a chip
3: okay.
1: oh. And that's what they call it. Gimel chick You know if you want oh. to spell something for how do you spell echot judy? How do you write judy? Gimel chipchik vav dal. Very right. oh. So you Probably the most fascinating thing to learn today, right? All right, so no extra charge. <laughs> no extra charge. Um, tips are welcome. Uh, so, Dr. Leanne Feldman has written a paper uh, that I've given you. So I've given you a longer thing than I usually give you because if you're curious and want to hang on to it and study it on your own even more, um, this is a perfect example of the documentary hypothesis at work. This text is a perfect example of taking two different sources and putting them together, which is how we got all those inconsistencies. And she, she enumerates more inconsistencies right, than I even uh, lifted up so that we could get through the text a little bit. Um, so look at number one. When and from whom did Reuben and God receive the land, right? So she goes into a discussion of there's actually a contradiction in the text. So which is it, she says at the end of number one. Does Joshua follow Moses' instructions and allow the Reubenites and Godites to permanently settle in the Transjordan after Canaan is conquered? Or did Moses himself give it to them right away based on their promise to help? So we have within Torah an inconsistency that, that, that's given to them after the conquest or it's given to them now by Moshe. That's one of the inconsistencies. Number two, the conquest of the Transjordan and the resulting landscape. We pointed this one out. Are there cities or are there not cities? And so she gives you the literary um, citations here for where we see those uh, conflicts that we just lifted up. Other contradictions. A, where are the Israelites during this episode? According to the e-source, they are within the Transjordanian land being requested. We saw that, right? Right, right, yes. According to the priestly tradition, if you look at verses 34 through 38 and chapter 31, verse 12, you can check it if you like, this, they're on the steeps of Moab, outside of the Transjordanian land being requested. So we didn't see, because we didn't look at 31, 12, we didn't lift that up.
0: But that doesn't say exactly where they are. Someone read to me verses 34
1: through 38. Okay. Fair. 34 through 30. Of this chapter. 34
2: those are the towns that get rebuilt. Right. Uh, Thirty-four. The Gadites rebuilt Divon, Ataroth, Aroer, Atros, Shofan, oh, okay. Jazer, Jobachah, Demhira, and Betseran. <laughs> okay, Behtaran so skip the names
1: and go to the to next. Fortified
2: to towns as enclosures of the flots. The Reubenites rebuilt Heshbon. A cetera, bunch of other cities. Some of the names are being changed. And Sibmah. They gave their own names to towns that they rebuilt. The descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and captured it, dispossessing the Amorites who were there. So Moses gave Gilead to Machir, son of Manasseh, and he settled there. Jair, son of Manasha went and captured their villages, which he renamed Havoth Jair, and Nova went and captured Kenot and its dependencies, renaming it Nova after himself.
1: I was hoping my map would tell us why. So, this puts it on the steeps of the so I to, Moa. I don't
0: want to open up a can of worms. <laughs> uh, <because laughs> I kosher, but, uh,
1: Among other things. <laughs> um,
0: but do the ultra Orthodox who are building um, uh, settlements in, on the West Bank use this as a uh,
1: Yes, Amen. absolutely, absolutely. They use this, absolutely, because um, if you take the kingdom of Israel at its widest, it included this territory. This is a historical memory. So, at its widest, Trans Jordan was part of. But that didn't that doesn't mean it lasted very long. But it, you know, but for a time in historical memory for Israel, yes, that was part of Israel, and therefore. Um, there's, but but when we're talking West Bank, we're not talking Jordan. They don't use this to defend taking any part of Jordan. Right. The West Bank is west, right? Is it's
0: west Transjordan.
1: So right. So it's it's still it's still Israel. It's still the the boundary and border within. It's on this side of the Jordan River.
0: But it seems that there's a precedent for. Erecting settlements. Uh, if you are of such a mind, of erecting settlements in the area that is greater Israel, um, and this is the uh, uh, this is the rationale. The, yes. The, the uh, uh, starting decisive state if you will, that can be used to to build. One.
1: Yes. So the. That has always been the case, right? That's, that's why folks have gone and lived there for 2,000 years is because the understanding was God gave it to us. Right. It's ours. Here's the proof. We right. have a Torah that says we were given all of this territory. So that has always been the basis for Zionism. But it's the, ours.
0: Sure, but the strategy of... Um building settlement
1: has always been how we did it
0: but is this <laughs> is this what we use as precedent to um,
1: so okay well, I guess what I want to do is dismantle a little bit the word settlement Let, let's take that word out of it because it doesn't it doesn't settlement is its own politically defined term in reference to the green line Right. In reference to the Balfour Declaration and what, where things are going to be, the, the settlements, in quotes, means right, you're somehow not within your right to build it. You don't call an apartment complex that goes up in Tel Aviv a settlement. Right. We only use that word when we're talking about disputed territory. Correct. OK, so I want to take that off the table for just a second. <coughs> we can come back to it. But if we take that mm-hmm. word out of it, Israel has always been occupied by other people. From the day any Israelite built any shack, it was already occupied. That fact hasn't changed, right? So when the modern state of Israel was built, it was occupied already by other people. And to settle there, the Jews had to displace people who already lived there for a really long time. And so nothing has, in that sense, that's why I don't, I don't want to use that supercharged word because I want to say that's how it's always been. If, if somebody lives there, and for us here, we are white colonials, right? We took the land from the Native Americans. We dispossessed them or murdered them, you know, which was easier, um, and but took their land and, that, and built settlements. settlements. That's, Right. That's how it's done. Yeah. So all over Africa. So whether or all not right now, so whether you use the word apartment complex or settlement is all about borders right. and changing the And mentality. that's the dispute now. Mm. The dispute now is the everyone's accepted whether they want to or not that both peoples are going to be there. And now the real argument is about what are the boundaries and borders of what is modern Israel and what is going to be Palestine. That's where, you you know, you get charged words like settlements, because to some people they are illegal, to other people it's like there is no Palestine, so what's the problem? It's a suburb of Israel, right? so it's, it's the ideological um, argument over some of it is about our right to be there, and some of it is about borders and boundaries. And that's, the re- that's where the supercharged stuff is, because it, it affects the situation on the ground, obviously. Where your borders are is about security. It's about access to resources. Right? Why do you think the Golan Heights are so important? We could give them back. It's a little, wait, who cares? Who cares? Because they're high. They overlook kindergartens. Right. And what's also up there is the head the winery. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, the winery is up there. We could not possibly think about giving that away. but the other thing that's up there is the headwaters of the Jordan. Jordan River. So whoever controls the Golan Heights controls the water resources coming into Israel. The Kinneret that is fed by the Jordan, the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. Um, the Sea of Galilee is is a quarter of Israel's water. A quarter of their drinking water is the Sea of Galilee. If you divert water away from the Jordan, you dry up. The Kinneret and the Dead Sea is gone, right? Because the Dead Sea is fed by that. So, so the conversation about borders and boundaries of where is our, you know, edge of our territory, um, right now is is often this very charged conversation because it's not just it's not random, right? Right for the Palestinians, it's very much about contiguous borders. That's where they get supercharged. Is that they're being chopped up by settlements right. in such a way that they won't be able to have a contiguous state? How do you defend a state that's not <laughs> contiguous? Right, and Israel argues we need to be able to first provide housing, but also we need, you know, we need to think about our security. And um... they even speak into a portion about renaming towns. So right, so you see that all over the place. Yeah. Right? They rename. They rename the town. Like that's that happens because that's because there's no other way to do it. If the city existed, it has an old name, (laughs) right? Right? You build your development and you name. Uh, Right. All right. So so what you've got here? Look how cool this is. Look how cool this is. Go to the colored pages. You have a PDF that's available online for you to send to anybody who's gonna be so excited <laughs> to receive it. Oh, so go to the English, skip the Hebrew of the color, go to the colored English. Uh,
3: okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: There. The green is E, the red is P. Oh. The black underlined text was in both sources and the italicized black text was added by the redactor in order to help harmonize the two stories. Oh How do they know that? Yeah. This is the di- that's why it's called the hypothesis. Uh-huh. Because they look at the language and they look at the agenda. Right. So so you stay with you stay with the color. I'm going to go back to the notes. In the Elohistic story, in E, the Israelites conquer the kingdom of Sihon and Og in the Transjordan, destroying only the inhabitants, but not the cities. Shortly before the Israelites set out to conquer Canaan, the Reubenites and Gadites approach Moses to ask if they can settle in the Transjordan rather than... Res- okay, you know what, that's not going to help you. Um So part of it is the agenda of the author. The priestly priestly one is a good good indication. Remember, we've we've talked a little bit about an early P or a late P, Mm -hmm. and you know that I'm an early P. Advocate, I believe in an early P, and uh, for lots of reasons, partly because I really want to. Um, I believe in, I really want to believe in an early P. Um, but I've been reading this other book. I don't know if I told you, I read an article and I had a footnote, and it footnote under the article, and then I bought the book that the article was in, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to nerds like me that um, it, it talks more about how the Bible was was composed and compiled, and one of the things it points out is in P. There is no talk of sin and a personal relationship with the divine at all. God is, in in this reading of, of this author, God is completely abstract. It's all about holiness and right and purity and impurity, and you do the mechanics that you have to do to make sure all of that functions so that you know the God force can not get repelled or whatever, but there is no there, none of this, and Moshe approached the tent of meeting and spoke with blah, blah, blah. That is not P. So P in the P version, how do they how do they indicate? Okay, this is not P. Is they talk? Moshe tells them, and if you don't, you will have sinned against Yehudah Vafeh. That is not, not, P. P.
2: not P. Because it talks about sin. It talks
1: about sin. That is not P. Awesome. P is not interest, Your behavior, you know, whether you keep this oath or don't keep this oath, is not it is a sin. Is not P language. That's not P's agenda. That's not P's purpose. That's not the pieces that would have been pulled in from P. That's E. Okay, so so you can read just the green or just the red and have a complete narrative. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to read the red. Yeah? The red? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So look at the red. The Gadites and the Reubenites came and they said to Moses, because that, that text right there, the black text is in both versions. The Gadites and the Reubenites um, came and they said to Moses and to Eleazar the priest and the chieftains of the community, let this land be given to your servants as holding. Moses replied to the Gadites and Reubenites, are your brothers to go to war while you stay here? Now we get an addition Right, by an editor, why will you turn the minds of the Israelites from crossing the land and that whole next part right, is added by a redactor mm-hmm. and they approached him and said we will build here sheepfolds for our flocks and towns for our children and our children stay in the fortified towns because of the inhabitants of the land they need to be kept safe. Mm-hmm. Moses said to them if you go to battle to fight before Yudhe Bafi, and every fighter among you crosses the Jordan, leaf Adonai, until he has dispossessed his enemies before him, and the land has been subdued before God, and then you return, then this land shall be your holding before Yudhe Bafeh. Build towns for your children and sheepholds for your flock. Right, so you, you can see how if you just read the red, it reads completely through as its own text. The same happens when you read just the green. So the redactor has to find a way to stick those together into one narrative that's not too disruptive and too you know choppy so that you can't you can't follow it right but it's not smooth no. I guess that's that's my point if you read either one of them alone they're smooth when you as soon as you stick them together it's a, uh, 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 uh you got these you got these blips right like in the old vinyl records you kind of hear a little <laughs> <laughs> Right? You can hear it when you read it out loud, as we did, as Bert did so beautifully, um, you can kind of hear the mm, the places where it's not so smooth. That's where it's, it's been spliced together but do we really want to know how
2: the sausage is made?
1: <laughs> so, so, so so, that's exactly... I want to move from this because I know we have to, to close. Um, this is how the sausage is made. If you're interested in how the sausage is made, you want to share this article with every one of your closest Facebook friends, right? Post it on Facebook. Dr. Feldman deserves the attention and, and give her a moment, right, to shine. Um, however, most folks... Aren't terribly interested in how the sausage is made and what the sources are and what their agendas are and why it's different and why P doesn't want this and E wants that and most aren't. What they're interested in is okay, so what do we take from this, right? All right, so the good news is do you think I would leave you without that? God forbid. God forbid. So in looking at what the rabbis take from this in general, they take right that it's a focus on materialism over community. Okay. That, that Reuven and God's, the reason Moshe gets angry is because they are putting their material wealth and comfort ahead of the communal risk, the communal success, the communal living arrangement, uh, all of that. Um, but some folks don't really want to see Moshe's response as legitimate they want to say you know it's a little chutzpah dick that Moshe gets so angry when really all they want is to feed their family and kids like they, they have a lot of cattle like and this is good country and right it's been con in one version that's been conquered already and right so it's what it's not such a big deal so As usual, how you read this text, what the lesson you take from it is, is are you going to critique Ruvain and God and say let us check our materialism and our willingness to split as a community because we want wealth and comfort or power or fill in the blank? Or do you want to critique Moshe and say maybe we shouldn't be so quick to judge other people's motives. Maybe we shouldn't be so hot-headed about what we assume to be what somebody is doing this for because we can't ever really know that, right?
0: Israel <laughs> you know, has a deal with God and with Moshe, and it seems that Reuben and Gad uh, are basically bargaining their way to something outside of that, that, that agreement. The agreement was everybody draw lots, but now. <coughs> If you're sharp, I can argue appropriately and have enough shock troops. Um, uh, you're able to get out
1: of that, memory. right? So we spoke earlier about, okay, yes, they get out of it, and they take a they take a huge risk. That seems acceptable to Moses. That
0: seems acceptable to
1: Moses. Correct. And therefore, we have to imagine to God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't contradict Moses and say, no, they can't do that, right? So yes, I hear what you're saying. And it seems like there's a, a place that, that they figure it out, that the price seems fair. Because um, it's Moshe who says, you know, like, okay, if you go shock troops, that's fine. You can have this land. All right. So, Ramban, not Rambam, Ramban, is among those who see, uh, this is a commentary by uh, Rabbi Vered Harris. Nachmanides is among those who see their commitment to God and their brethren when they commit to being on the front lines of the battles to come. That they're saying, "We are not splitting off. We are not trying to be separate. We're not resisting settling in the land of Canaan." You know, it's that we 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 are willing to fight the fight with you. Can we just have this as where we're gonna live? We will fight. We will do so. Okay, So perhaps having a silent space before responding to Moses gave those petitioning time to collect their thoughts. They did not lash back or become defensive. They laid out a plan to raise cattle and their families east of the Jordan while sending shock troops to participate in the sacred mission of the larger community. There are three significant pieces of learning in reading this episode for today. First, who among us can presume to know the motivation for the direction others take? Ultimately, how we prioritize ourselves, regard God, and treat those around us are the important factors for determining a path. Second, many of us begin on one route and find along the way we want to change destinations. The Godites and Reubenites whose plans changed did not abandon the larger community. They struck a balance between what they perceived as best for them, what God asked, and their obligation to the larger community. Similarly, when we make a decision to part ways or change our direction, we do best to seek a balance between these components. What do I think is right for me? What does God expect of me? And how do I act responsibly for the larger community? Third, mind the gap. Not as we would when stepping quickly from a train to the platform and continuing on without stopping, rather, When we decide to change our plans and a fellow traveler becomes upset, let there be quiet space before proceeding. It seems that the Gadites and Reubenites heard Moses' concern about their request and tempered their petition accordingly. It is easy to become defensive, dig in our heels, and respond to anger with anger. The gap? gives the Gadites and Reubenites a moment to listen and humbly integrate Moses' objections into their plan to reach their new goal. Ultimately, we see that for the Gadites and Reubenites to live east of the Jordan River and in peace with the other tribes would require balancing their vision with God's requests and the needs of the community. So may it be for us. When we decide to turn in a new direction, may we consider not only our own wishes, but also the sanctity of our covenant with God and our special commitments to those with whom we journey. Shabbat shalom.
0: You've been listening to Rabbi Amy Bernstein's Friday morning Torah study from Kehillat Israel in Pacific Palisades, California. For more information,
2: go to our website, www.ourki.org.